We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, into the 11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Nick Schwert with you. Coming up in one hour, we'll head out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Andy Reid. The only place on a Monday that you can hear from Coach Reid is 610 Sports Radio. We'll also get to the trash of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. One thing just cannot happen, not just this year, but the rest of his NFL career. And that is Sky Moore being put in a situation where he has to return punts. And that's right. I said it like that on purpose. It is not his fault anymore. How much more evidence did you need to see if you were Dave Tobe and the Chiefs coaching staff that, look, that is just not something that's going to work for him in the NFL. And as Nick, you've pointed out multiple times, he never did it in college either. I think it's going to be just fine. In fact, we saw it in the very game yesterday. After the mistake again on the muff punt, they went right back to him in the offense he makes the catch, and he ended up with some opportunities. Yes, nothing crazy, but eh, five catches, 36 yards. He had five for 63 the game before. Both games, he's getting six targets, some more opportunity, some more signs that, okay, he's going to be getting more, more confidence in himself. But the confidence that he gained the week before against the Chargers, like he was trying to, just trying to ruin the confidence immediately by putting him back out there as a punt returner. After the Chargers game, Andy Reid was asked about Sky Moore's performance. And he even after that game said, yeah, you know, it's a little rough returning punts. That was after last game. And then so what do they do? They, they put it back there to return punts again. In this game against the Rams, and he muffs the very first opportunity. And then what do they do the rest of the game? Justin Watson was back there. They said, hey, man, just catch the damn ball and fair catch it. That's all I want. That's all I want for my punt returner when I have Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Just don't screw it up. Just don't muff the punt. That's it. And like, I, I truly mean this. It's not even on Sky Moore anymore. I wasn't even that mad at him yesterday for it. I'm that frustrated. I'm like, this is not a, that's not a him problem anymore. To be fair, like he shouldn't have been back there. But if Kadarius Toney and Nicole Hardman were healthy, there's no way Sky Moore was returning punts yesterday. Like this did not happen in a vacuum. There, no, were, the, there but, were circumstances that led Nick, to him being back there. There were. But we obviously saw there was another option. Yes, yes. Like, you're right. That if, if Tony's healthy, Tony's back there. Thank goodness. And same with Nicole. Yes. But Justin Watson was an option. We, I know that guy can just stand there and catch the ball. Unfortunately, Sky Moore's not capable of doing that in the NFL. Again, he's not a punt you returner. He wasn't that, in the, it wasn't that in college either. You know what probably happened was there were probably two or three times during training camp where Sky got his hands on it and made a couple of dudes miss, and they were like, ooh, 
kind of like this. <laughs> and there probably were also instances in St. Joe oh, we saw of him muffing punts. We saw it. We saw it. And they were just like, okay, well, he'll figure that out. We, we let's, did. Let's ignore the bad and just go with the potential. <laughs> we, we, you're right. We did see it in St. Joe when we were up there doing shows. Absolutely. We, you know, we, we said, like man, he looked uncomfortable catching those punts again because he didn't do it in college. You know what it probably is? It's like when you get a new, you're dating a, a, a new chick. You got a new girlfriend. You, you go out on a couple of dates with her, and she's you know smoking hot. She's got all the things that you want, and then there's the few a few red flags that pop up. It's like oh okay, she every, she tends to smoke cigarettes when she gets drunk. It's like okay, it's not a deal breaker. It's like a kind kind of laughs, kind of annoying, you know. And her friends were really rude, and all of a sudden you say, but you know she's so beautiful. So you start to kind of sweep the red flags under the rug until you realize a few months down the line that, okay, these are kind of getting in the way of me enjoying this. That's what it is. You ignore the red flags because you feel like there's so much potential there. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want the, the punt return stuff to, to stunt his progress as developing as an NFL wide receiver. Which and, it doesn't and, seem and, and like fortunately, it is, right? And again, yeah, like fortunately, I think he's going to be just fine as an NFL wide receiver. Um, I think there's been some flashes here the last two weeks where you can see why they were excited about him in terms of his route running ability. And even you saw yesterday a little bit more of like after the catch, like just his ability to maneuver around some of these defenders. Right. And I think that's only going to get better as he gets more comfortable. And also Mahomes gets more comfortable with him. And there's the trust factor. And knowing that again, if Juju's healthy, if Kadarius Tony's healthy, McColl's healthy, like, they're not really going to probably still utilize him all that much, but it was nice to see that when he's been forced into action here, that he's made some key plays. You know, the the, the game against the Chargers, we all know those were some big time uh, conversions that he was made uh, asked to make. And so, yeah, him as the the wide receiver, I'm I'm not down on uh, at all. Uh, I just think you can't have the guy ever return a punt again. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just like you can say, oh, that's cr-. never. Yeah, I'm fine with never again. There's no reason for it to happen. You got more more guys. Even if you're you're gonna tell me McColl and, and Kadarius Nick are out, like Justin Watson, somebody somebody else should just catch the ball. Watson looked very comfortable just catching the football on a punt return. Didn't look awkward for him at all. It looks awkward when Sky's trying to catch. Even the times where he doesn't muff, it looks awkward. So yeah, like it's to me, it's it's on the coaching staff on that. There's no excuse for him ever to be back there again. I do. I I almost I laud him for his ability to sort of put that in the rearview mirror and still be because the last two games have been the most involved he's been. And at no point has he looked like a guy on offense who has the yips or who doesn't look comfortable out there. Like he looks fully comfortable in the offense. So I give him credit for not letting that stuff get in the way of him being able to perform on offense. Yeah, you you always wonder the the confidence uh, and how that can impact. But yeah, to to his credit, he looks natural out there. Like the, you, you see flashes as again, like you see flashes of why, why they drafted him where he did. And I, and I get it. We, you and I go back and forth on this sometimes about you know, the instant results of these wide receivers that are drafted. Like when you're seeing Christian Watson doing what he's doing for the Packers here, the last couple weeks, although nobody mentioned Christian Watson, the first nine weeks of the season when the dude wasn't doing a damn thing. But now the last three weeks, weeks, Christian Watson looks great. But rookie wide receivers but, tend to have much better second halves of their first year than they do the first. Yeah. Half. And look, sky's sitting at what is like 200 yards receiving or so maybe ends up around 300, 350. If we're lucky at the end of the, if we're at the end of the season, we all thought he was going to be five or five fifty. So I, I, I get it. The results are the same. Number one offense. in the exactly. NFL, Number one passing attack in the NFL and that's why you're fine like next year yeah next year you'll you'll maybe judge it differently although if Juju, you know depending on who's back right I mean if if, if Juju you have Juju back maybe and Tony and MVS and you, you're still wondering where the opportunities are necessarily going to come from for Sky Moore but if if Juju's not back and it's 
MVS, Tony, Sky Moore, and somebody else that we don't even know exists yet in this in this scheme, uh, then then that's a thing to judge a year from now. But I I don't think when this rookie season is done for him that you should think that oh my gosh what it what a, what a bad pick it was or anything like that. And I'm certainly not going to use the punt return stuff against him again. I think at this point it is it is on the coaching staff, which I, I will still say like special teams. I understand Dave Tobe's been here for a while. It was a guy that years ago people were saying should get looks as a head coach. I mean, that was a real conversation people yeah. were having four or five years ago. Well, I'll tell you this. But if he returns it, another punt, then I also want Lucas Niang at starting cornerback. Because if we're just letting guys do things that they're not good at, then let's just try a bunch of different stuff. I want Lucas Niang <laughs> as your starting nickelback. And uh, what else can we come up with here? I want Travis Kelsey playing nose guard. All right, just, let's just have everybody doing jobs that they're not good at. Hey, look, maybe it's losing a lot of players from special teams a season ago, and I think they did lose some key pieces on the special teams unit. And also Chris Lamont is hurt or has been hurt a little bit. But this has been an absolutely horrendous job, I think, with this group in general on special teams, like not just the Sky Moore part. I guess Sky Moore, that, that whole punt return thing's gotten a 10. But in general, I mean, they were caught sleeping a couple weeks ago on an onside kick, the fake punt. I understand it was well executed by the Rams this Sunday, yesterday. They've been caught napping on multiple instances. You go back to some of the kicking struggles that they had earlier in the season. Like this that's been, not on this that's not been, on them though, right? Like Butker getting injured and then coming back and sort of struggling in the kicking game. That's just an isolated thing. I would think that the last two weeks of what we've seen from Butker should give you some confidence that they're going to be all right in in the kicking game in particular. But coverage returns, it's it's been rough, and so you wonder. We it's the same conversation we had a year ago. Like, when does it come back to get you in the wrong spot in a, in a key playoff game? So that that is in the back of my mind. Like, if you're talking about concerns going forward, special teams is definitely high on the list. I, I, don't, I don't need a big punt return. I just told you I need a fair catch, and that's it. But kick returns, uh, coverage units, yeah, I think. How many times are they going to either make mistakes or be caught off guard this season? The getting caught off guard stuff, that to me is more... When you look at mistakes in special teams, it's coaching because you're not putting the right guys out there. But to a more micro level, it is individuals making mistakes. Whereas the getting caught off guard, like that to me is lack of preparation. How are you not ready for these sorts of situations? Same thing yesterday with the the fake punt conversion. Like Mm -hmm. that to me is not being ready for situational sort of ploys by the other team. All right, let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. All right, this has to do with an airplane. This is this is an area where I, Nick, I'm surprised this hasn't happened to you. Now, you can maybe maybe you can confirm. I assume it hasn't happened to you. Let me just explain uh, the story involving actually free agent that you may have heard of that you know has been getting recruited for the last month and a half and is dragging out as long as possible and loves the attention. Odell Beckham Jr. He was uh, removed from a plane in Miami over a quote a medical emergency. Never been removed. You have. You can confirm that's that's a fact. Correct. Despite the time flying, despite cutting in lines, despite being upset with people wearing shorts on planes, you've not caused an incident on an aircraft. Never caused an incident, and I would assume that Odell Beckham Jr. flies more than I do, though. He's been going on a lot of dates. (laughs) <laughs> with all these different NFL teams. He's going on dates in Buffalo, in uh-huh. L.A., in Dallas. He has been jet-setting. So he got kicked off a plane in Miami Sunday morning. and started, like, The news came out during the NFL slate. And they, they, the actual report says they were dispatched to a medical emergency on an American Airlines flight. The flight crew was concerned for a passenger, Odo Beckham, 
As they tried to wake him to fasten his seatbelt, he appeared to be coming in and out of consciousness prior to the departure. They feared that Mr. Beckham was seriously ill, that his condition would worsen throughout the expected five-hour flight. The attendants called for police and fire rescue. Upon the officer's arrival, the flight crew asked Beckham several times to exit the aircraft. He refused. The aircraft was then deplaned, at which time Mr. Beckham was asked by the officers to exit, and he did so without incident. He was escorted to the non-secure area of the terminal by the officers where he made other arrangements, and it's basically case closed as far as everybody's concerned Well, down there in Miami. Not case closed for Odell Beckham Jr. No, he's been tweeting like crazy. Well, and his lawyer issued a statement yesterday basically saying he was asleep. Mm. The the Mm -hmm. flight was delayed. It sat on the runway. He fell asleep, put a blanket over his head. They thought there was some sort of... Like it's it's very weird the way that the two sides described it so differently. He said he was sleeping. The yeah. Police department said he was fading in and out of consciousness, yeah, which difference. I which I guess is difference. a way of describing someone having he, been asleep, but it's not quite I, the same. Look, I, none of us were there and you're right. It's kind of like he said she said going on here, but like I do believe flight attendants have seen their fair share of people sleeping. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I do trust them to a certain extent, don't you? That they would know what it looks like when someone's got a medical condition going on or is just sleeping and is exhausted. Either way, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, I don't think suddenly the doubt Jerry Jones is going to be like, nope, don't want you anymore, Beckham. Like, I, w- I was yeah. prepared to talk about this me? before the plane incident. I actually had it on the rundown before, and then I'm like, oh, great. Uh, didn't know this was going to happen. You know how I, much I'm more so sick of the how entire much worse that could have been, by the way, how much more he could have done and oh. still not have scared off Jerry Jones or Buffalo for that matter, or any of these other teams that are interested. Yeah, like, There's not a single team in the I, NFL who wouldn't sign him if they weren't already interested. Long before the plane incident, I was already starting to get kind of sick of this whole recruitment of Odell Beckham Jr. It's gotten out of hand. It's kind of crazy. What's so, what's so crazy about it? It is absolutely nuts, the, like, recruitment effort, the constant Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboy reports that are coming out. Uh, Does he not want to play on the turf? Does he not like cold weather? No, I don't mind the cold weather. Responding to fans on Twitter, like, have them send me and tell me what I'm worth. Like, he's back in high school, and he's loving getting wined and dined and his ass kissed. Yeah, but why not? Who doesn't like that? But it's annoying after a while. And that's where, Nick, how many many times have we talked on this show? It's November 28th. We were doing this on October 15th. Yes. It's been two months almost. Listen, I don't. I'm starting to believe that his impact on any of these teams is going to be far okay. less than we think. Well, what, how, is, how is your thoughts on how he's going to impact teams? How is that affected by you being annoyed that teams the are still going after The longer it drags on. The long, go out there and play a damn game. Well, he's coming back from a major injury. Right, exactly. And Let we him chill. To, we Let were, him get better. We were willing to like, ignore that to a certain extent. But it's, like, it's almost December. I feel like you're letting your annoyance of this situation impact how you think he's going to. I think, well, here's why it's, it's, it is impacting it because to me, when you see a huge dog and pony show, sometimes the actual result at the end turns out to be a whole bunch of nothing. I, st- I still don't think the chiefs need to be in on him, but it's mostly well, because they're not anymore. It sounds like yeah, they're down. Sounds- they're down two of their top receivers and yet still 10 guys <laughs> cut passes yeah. yesterday. No, I'm with you. I think it, it seems more and more like that. The chiefs aren't in it. It seems like this him. is a, this seems like a Cowboys or nothing or Cowboys or giants type of situation. The Cowboys now. do need him by the way. They need another receiver to compete for a super bowl. I'm to the point where I think 
whether they really need him or not, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, because it's Jerry Jones, he just almost like wants to win this thing. Does that make sense? Like, I think Jerry Jones wants to win the recruitment now because of the eyeballs and the attention. That's what I think's going on at this point. Like, whether or not he really helps the Cowboys in the playoffs remains to be seen if he ends up there. I think Jerry Jones just wants to say, we won, we got Beckham, talk about us, please. Would be hilarious, by the way, if he does sign with the Cowboys or someone else and then doesn't play at all this year. That would be the perfect <laughs> ending to this saga. Well, it now seems like he he thinks that there's going to be someone that will give him a multi-year deal. And that's something I told you from the beginning. I didn't want the Chiefs to even consider. I don't want a multi-year deal for Odell Beckham Jr. But the Giants or Cowboys might be desperate enough to do it. Go for it. Yeah. They need him. And go to the NFC. That's fine. Like that, The whole conversation around Beckham a month oh, ago I don't even was, care about that was don't go point. to Buffalo. Don't go to Buffalo. Hey, go to an NFC team. I don't give a damn. He can go to Buffalo for all I care. Eh, I Doesn't sound like he's going to, but. I mean, I just told you, I don't. I think he could be more of a bust now, so maybe I'm not as concerned about him going to Buffalo as I was a month yeah, ago. Yeah, that's true. You can't have it both ways. I you can't, can't say, no. I don't think he's going to be any good, but yeah. also don't yeah. go to any of the yeah. competing teams in the AFC. I think, yeah, we've, we've said, like, the Chiefs don't need him. That's a whole different scenario. That's the, uh, that's the trash of the day. Glad to hear that you haven't been kicked off an airplane. Someone did say from the 785, Nick, what about when you pressed the call button, pretended to be a doctor? Didn't though, pretend on... that's to be true. a doctor. Yeah, that is, yeah I, that's, that's true. They didn't kick you off. They, they were asking for help on a medical emergency on a flight, and you told us that you pressed the call button. Had they said, Nick, are you, are you a doctor? And you, you said, what? Now, I had my headphones on. I was sleeping. I realized that I had missed the drink order, and then I needed, like, a <laughs> Coke Zero or something, and... I push push the button. The woman comes up, says something to me. I take the headphones off. Wait, also, you you push the button for your drink order? You can't order like everybody else? No, it had already passed me. Because you, why? I was sleeping. I was unresponsive. I was fading in and out of consciousness, much like Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe that was this. Maybe that's why he was so unruly yesterday. It's because he's like, hey, I didn't get my Coke Zero order in. Let me see if they'll come take care of me. I respect I said, the fact that Sir, are you a doctor? He's... Respect the fact he's flying commercial. I respect that a little bit. That's a little odd, isn't it? He's made uh, a lot of money. How much was his net worth? I don't know. Those, I mean, those, yeah, those net worth searches are unreliable. Oh, I think they're very 100% accurate. Why don't you just look at how much money he's uh, made? In net his worth career. 40 mil. Yeah, he can get the private jet if you want. Now, that's expensive. You do it every time. Every time, right. but occasionally. I'm sure he was flying first class. I saw oh, some, so what, I saw first, some story, Is he though. the first rich guy passed out on a plane? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I saw something that like that. For the days of first class on, like, domestic flights are kind of ending. Well, you do, do, you not, do you not know how many people take drugs before getting on planes? How many people are afraid of flying and take... <laughs> yeah, they take it. They take, take uh, Xanax. Xanax to, they'll yeah, take yeah, uh, yeah. Ambien. For sure. They want to pass the hell out. Yeah. No, that's, that is very common. And it's not like he was going crazy. He's sleeping. Oh, there's far worse things that could happen. I'm with you. Heck, there was a, who was the NFL player and after or NBA so, player that got had like he brought something on the plane he wasn't supposed to bring. And, That's way worse. Oh yeah, and by the way, after seeing all the unruly customers messing with flight attendants over the past two years, <laughs> true, true. Don't you want them maybe a little inebriated and pass the hell out? <laughs> So they're not going off on you, so wait, you, screaming at you? That's Nick's new concept. It's like basically he wants an airline. He's going to start an airline <laughs> where you're, they give you a pill when you walk on the plane, and you're suggesting that everybody should just be drugged for the five-hour flight in the seat. Yes. It would be a quiet flight. They wouldn't have to serve any drinks or anything. Do? Would you rather hear a customer screaming at a flight attendant about their freedoms or just having everybody pass the hell out? I know my answer. As long as the seat's not reclining in front of me, you can do whatever you want on the plane, just about. I just don't want Wait that. I don't want that seat reclining and bumping my knees. I don't want your long hair over the seat we in front of me. We all paid the same amount. We can all recline. 
reclining the seat to an extraordinary level is absolutely ridiculous. They don't they don't recline to an extraordinary level. Don't. It's not like they're laying in your lap. If someone reclines in front of me, my knees press right up there, and I will make sure that knees that knees getting right, making you're sure. You're a jerk. Oh, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna recline on me and make it to where my they're knees they're not reclining on well, they, you. They, they they're not sitting are, on your lap. They, they basically are. But the airline makes the seats reclinable. Yeah, okay? unfortunately. So, unfortunately. So if that is the case, how can you blame the person for utilizing? I'm just saying you can still be you still be respectful. So wait, do you recline fully on the I airplane? I never recline, Good. but I don't so care if somebody does. Good. I don't care if somebody does. But you're not does. you're not as tall as me. No, like seriously, there is a difference. Oh, so you get more you you as a tall person, you get more rights than I do. No, it has nothing to do with more leg room. It is give me the normal leg room. If I was 5'7", I wouldn't care if you reclined your seat. Because short people aren't real people in your because eyes? Because the shorter person, his knees wouldn't be right in the damn seat. So basically what it comes down to is when you're getting on a plane, you need to evaluate the height of the person <laughs> sitting behind you to determine whether or not it is acceptable for you Text to recline says, your chair. says I should just pay the extra money for the extra leg room. Well, if you're on a Southwest flight, you don't really have that option. I guess you could upgrade and get on like the first row, which or, is the, or the emergency Man, I've lucked row. out a few times on that. You get the front row on the Southwest where you get the long leg yeah, room. Yeah, some people incredible. don't like it because oh, th- great. those seats will be available because there's no under seat to like to put your bag yeah, in front of you, you which is not on, big, You have to put it on the overhead. Not a big overhead. deal. Not a big deal. I'm, I'm with you. Front row is the best seat. And a lot of times people will avoid it on purpose. So you can be in like Boarding group I also B think it's funny. If te- it's a fair point from the text line, Nick. You're you're, you're saying, do I not respect the, uh, the the rights of people on the plane? You're the one that thinks nobody should wear shorts on an aircraft, that and is, you get disgusted by someone sitting next to you. I would far, <laughs> I would much rather somebody in front of me recline their seat than somebody next to me be wearing <laughs> thigh length shorts. I'm telling you, if you and I ever fly on a plane together, I am going to wear short shorts, and so my hairy legs yeah, make you I'm uncomfortable. Do. And guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch seats with the person in front of you, and I'm laying down the whole damn flight. <laughs> That's what's happening. We'll see. I don't know if when the scenario will come where we're ever on the same flight together, but I will make sure. I will make sure that actually, uh, make sure that actually happens. Uh, we will get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour coming up in, in a couple of minutes. And, of course, reminder, Andy Reid live here on 610 Sports Radio here at, uh, at noon. <laughs> the text line now now it's become a, a text line battle between taller people and people that aren't as tall and well that's a battle that's been raging on for centuries now someone says they're six four short people don't understand being an adult height someone size five nine here disrespectful yeah you are being disrespectful towards short people because i <laughs> i stand with the short people someone says i pay for my seat i can recline the seat Damn the right. Room in front of me is Damn all mine. Right. I paid just as much as you did. I'll do whatever I want. I think the most. I think and again, the, this is coming from someone who doesn't recline their seat. The most, the most respectful response I think is from this texter. It's like sitting in the front seat of a car. You ask the person behind you if they have enough room. Like if you sit in the car and I'm behind you, a lot of times you say, "Hey, do you have enough? You have enough leg room?" And you move, you adjust the seat. You make sure you're not making an inconvenience for the person behind you. Be courteous all the way around. But you can recline seat, the seat a little bit, but make sure you're not. Going all the way back. If the person behind you is taller, maybe you shouldn't have their knee right up. I don't, in your I don't back. know the person behind me in a plane, so I don't so care you're, about So if you don't know people, I don't you, care about their so, feelings. So if you don't know them, that's the difference. Correct. Okay. Correct. Huh. Okay. If I don't know your name, I don't care if you're comfortable. Coming up next, it's something the Chiefs are probably the only team can get away with and why it's still a good sign going forward. 
You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Chiefs Red Half Hour is brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. In about a half hour, we'll head out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. And again, on a Monday, the only place you can hear from Coach Reid is your official broadcast partner for the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is still wild, and I, I look, we've been talking about some of the special teams issues and the red zone offense a little bit and the struggles that they had yesterday. But still, this team won by 16, and it looked like their C game, if you're being kind, a C-plus type of performance. You muff a punt. You give up a fake punt. You throw a red zone pick. You score only one touchdown on six trips to the red zone and you won by 16 against an NFL team. I understand the Rams are all banged up on offense, but that defense, pretty damn healthy. Jalen Ramsey's still out there, and he got absolutely schooled by Travis Kelsey on that touchdown. It was incredible, by the way. That was made everybody very happy, I feel like. And Aaron Donald was still there. Bobby Wagner was still there. The Chiefs are one of the few teams that can make mistakes like that and still win football games. I feel like we had a running, same co- running away, running away. Yeah, not just win. I mean, we'll see where the spreads are at this week for some of the other NFL games. We saw earlier this season, you know, the Bills were 12 and a half point favorites against the Packers. We know the Chiefs were, uh, what, 13 and a half point favorites against the Titans earlier this season. We know Kansas City didn't cover that time. But to cover one of the largest spreads of an NFL season, knowing also that on deck you have a game against Cincinnati. And all the storylines that are like you know, around that, and it's a holiday week. For them to win a football game by 16 is honestly ridiculous in the NFL. I know Bryce Perkins, the starter, really couldn't throw the football except for one drive. But winning an NFL game by six points was so impressive. And I just feel like they're they're one of the few teams that can win by that margin and yet still us sit here and be like, man, that was a boring game. They seem like they're going through the motions. A rare bad, bad interception from Patrick Mahomes. And yet we're like, oh, it's 16. It felt like they only, you would have thought that they only won by six or seven. That's what's wild about yesterday's game to me. You said earlier, it's like, hey, see performance, good enough to move on and pass in school. Would you describe that as a good game from the Chiefs? (laughs) No, I think, you know, defensively it was a good game. Yeah. How many, how many teams in the NFL can play a C game? And win by two scores. I, honestly, there might most, be one or two other teams. That's most it. of them can't win, period. Mm-hmm. The Ravens lost to the Jaguars yesterday. When you go around and compare, and we've seen it from every team, tell me all the other teams who you think are the best in the NFL, show me a, a, a week where they played a C game, and tell me what the result was, because most of them are losing those games. And you're right. If they're winning, they're, they're winning by you know a handful of points. You know, I mean, look, I mean, look at the Titans game, right? The, the Chiefs did not have their best against Tennessee, 
and they had to win in overtime, right? That's that's probably like the most common result. Like, and that was one game where like, how the hell did they win that game? They had to throw it sixty eight times against a good and Tennessee's much better opponent than than the Rams this year. I get that, uh, but yeah, Nick, I think t- I think it's like one or two teams. I mean, even on Thanksgiving, watching the Buffalo Bills, I don't know what they're saying in Buffalo about that team's win against Detroit, where Detroit gave them the run for their money. I don't think that was the A game by Buffalo by any means. I mean, uh, Josh Allen had a, a red zone interception again. It was fifth, fifth in his last six games. They lost Von Miller. I'm sure Bills fans probably thought that was like a B type of performance by their team, maybe a C plus. And they, they were very fortunate to win that game. And the Lions this year are a better team, believe it or not, than the Rams, which is wild to say, but they are. Now, defensively, the Rams are still a top-five defense. And so considering everything that went on yesterday, I think you still have to be really pleased by what you got out of that. It's not going to be a game we remember at all. Like, it's, not, it's not like the last time they played the Rams where it's, a, it's an unforgettable 2018 matchup and both teams are scoring 50 points and it's the highest-scoring game in NFL history and it's a classic. Yeah, far from it. We knew that going into this game on Sunday. Much different Rams team. No Cup, no Stafford. Offensively, they've been a mess all year. The only thing they've had going for them is defense, and they still aren't the same defense without Von Miller. And so that's that was a win. It's like okay, move on, get through it, find a way to get it done. And I didn't, I, I was, I, I didn't think they were going to cover. Like going in, stay away from the game altogether. I, if you would have said, hey, yeah, man, the, the the Chiefs are going to win by sixteen points, I would have said, well. How per- I mean, they must have played great. Yeah. They must not have had any blunders on special teams or anything. The only difference between feeling disappointed versus feeling like they did what they were supposed to do against a bad Rams team is maybe one touchdown. Right? If Mahomes doesn't throw that pick in the end yeah. zone, if they convert one of those four field goals into six, that's the difference between the Chiefs winning 26-10 to 10 and winning 34-10 to 10 or 35-10, to 10, and then all of a sudden being like, okay, well, this was actually a pretty dominant performance. Yeah, and it's, it's because the Rams are so bad, you expect to win by a million. You do it. And that's it, not the way it works no, in the NFL. No, and that's exactly it. How many times have we discussed that over the last couple of years about, you know, the, the knock had been, you know, they're not blowing it. This was a year or so. You know, they're not blowing anybody out. You know, and, and you're not. You're, it's one thing to say you don't close games out. That's different than not blowing an opponent out. I mean, this is it's the NFL. This isn't college football where teams win by 15, 20 points all the time. Every weekend, there's probably 30 teams that you can maybe pinpoint that win a game by double digits because it's, it's college football. The gap is so wide. Even the bad teams in the NFL and the Rams offensively and as a team are a bad team this year with a great defense still. Winning by 16 points is, is, is ridiculous, honestly. And now the Chiefs are three, three-and-a-half-point favorites against Cincinnati uh, come Sunday. It was their third largest margin of victory all season. Behind the Cardinals and it, and it game and, it didn't and the like Niners it. game. And it didn't feel like it. Whereas when you left the Cardinals game and you were, I remember right after week one, we're like, oh my. So what have we learned, Alex? It's that when you play <laughs> NFC West teams, you beat the brakes off of them. Well, they and get, they've got one more left. They got Seattle, who is you know, sputtering a little bit. They're coming off two straight losses, even though, I, you know, Geno Smith and, and the Seahawks, I still think will make it as a wildcard team, but they might have lost the division by. Uh, what happened to Seattle losing to the Las Vegas Raiders was surprising. As I'm, as I'm watching on NFL Network, the long walk-off 80, what, 87-yard touchdown run from Josh Jacobs, who's having this great year, he's by the way. 300 <laughs> yards of offense yesterday. Yeah, he's, he's towards the top of the league in, in rushing yards all of a sudden. It's, it's ridiculous. Props to him. I don't know if they're still going to give him a contract Yeah, give or not, him a massive contract. Yeah, as a Chiefs fan, you would like, you would like to. Some, somebody will, though. You just know how. Some, somebody will give, him a nice, someone will give him a nice deal. The other thing, though, about yesterday, man, this was a game where the rookies were on full display. You had rookies across the board, offense, defense on display. 
Let's start with defense because Trent McDuffie, yet again, 158 coverage snaps so far this season. He's allowed just 10 receptions for 88 yards on 19 targets. He is first in yards per reception among rookie quarterbacks this year, fifth in passer rating allowed, third in reception percentage. And yesterday on the few completions that he allowed, I think it was like one, he's right on the hip of the receiver every single time. And We've said circle Cincinnati for the last four Ooh. weeks because that's, I think we all want to see how he's on Jamar Chase, oh, T Higgins, or if wait. you're lucky, Tyler Boyd, who's can't, maybe the best slot receiver in the NFL. Can't wait to see how McDuffie fares against that, but he looks fantastic. He looks like the real deal. He was on display yesterday. Furious George. Uh, Furious George yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Furious George gets his first full sack. It took till week 12. Is close, close, close. Finally got it. George Karloftis. Also known as Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie. Yeah, yeah. Furious George. Many people. I saw Cody tweeted out Furious George yesterday, and people were tweeting at him, correcting him, saying, actually, it's Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie. Please, if you're out there, if you are a team, if you are part of the cult. That's of what it is. It's G- a cult, all right. The cult, we call it the cult of G Triple P. <laughs> and if you are a member, <laughs> please continue. To take to the streets, the Twitter streets, and remind people of uh, our beloved rookie's true one and only nickname. Furious George. But it's good to see him uh, register his first full sack. <laughs> it was. So he was on display yesterday. Uh, you, have, you, know, you have Brian Cook, who with one Thornhill inactive, we knew was going to get more of, uh, more of an opportunity. He gets the, the interception. Uh, we've talked about Sky Moore. Yeah, the, the punt return deal. And that's me at this point. It's on coaching, not even on him. Five catches. Isaiah Pacheco. No more Clyde to take any carries from him. He saw Ronald Jones for the first time, though. Got to, and we can talk more about that in a second. But Pacheco, 22 carries, gets the touchdown. I mean, that was the first game where you, I mean, you, you saw it all the way across the board. On offense, a wide receiver, running back, defensive line, in the secondary, at both levels. Like, that was a really strong performance. You were talking about if you're Brett Veach and you're looking at this draft class and what you were able to accomplish – it was all on display yesterday. How about immediate returns from this draft class? Like, we don't know for a fact that any of these guys are going to be stars. We don't know if any of them are going to be pillars of the organization that you're going to build around for the next decade. But we know one thing, that you are playing almost all of them immediately, and they all look like they belong in the NFL. Yeah, there's not one that, that you're like, man, this guy's... Even before the sack happened for Karloftis, after the first three weeks of the season, we were all sitting there like, uh, you could tell at least at bare minimum, he's not a bust. We'll see if he ever is a nine or 10 sack guy in his career. I have no idea. Yeah. Nobody does. Uh, but he's not, he's not, you know, it's, it's Breland speaks where right away you're like, oh, <laughs> this guy, mm-hmm. like we knew that in camp, right? We, we already knew in camp, even watching him that it was, it was much different. You weren't worried about him being a bust. Now it's interesting. You mentioned, we don't know if they're going to be stars or not right now. If I were to ask you though, like who, who do you think is most likely? Cause I think the answer is Trent McDuffie. Now it's tough say, as a corner, yeah. right? But I, who, who looks to me the most legit, out of the group, even it's only, what, four games now, I think it is, for McDuffie. He's my answer for that. It's one of the first two. It's To me, it's either McDuffie or Karloftis because both of those guys have been in starter roles as long as they've been healthy this year. So at the very minimum, I know that they belong. They're not just playing in spots. Oddly enough, the last two weeks has left me wildly impressed with Sky Moore. He looks like a legit NFL receiver. The flip side is... He's not being asked to do as much. He doesn't exist Correct. on an island the way that Karloftis and McDuffie do. Yeah, and that, that even is why when we're comparing the wide receiver class and what some of these other, you know, the Drake Londons and the Chris Olaves are having these great seasons, Christian Watson's come on. It's like, I don't, and George, your guy, George Pickens, like, 
they are having great seasons. And I, you know, we like Chris, you like Pickens. I like the Lave coming out of college as well. Like their opportunities are not even on the same stratosphere right. of what they're getting. I'm it, not telling you that, yeah. that Sky Moore is going to be better than Chris Olave. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the opportunities given to some of the names I just mentioned compared to Sky Moore, it's not even close. Well, 10 different receivers have caught touchdowns. 10 different receivers caught passes yesterday for the Chiefs. So I don't care about the production from the weapons on the Chiefs offense. The only guy whose production I care about is Mahomes. The rest of them, it doesn't matter. So Sky Moore, we can, we can play the game of comparing how many targets he's got, how many receptions and yards and touchdowns he has. But as we've seen across the course of almost three-fourths of a season with the Chiefs, the individual receiver production is not indicative of who your best players are or how reliable these guys are. They're going to spread it around. So you can't judge Sky Moore based off his raw numbers. Yeah, and then like Brian Cook is interesting because Juan Thornhill was inactive. He was banged up a little bit, and we know it's a contract year for Juan Thornhill. We'll see you know, ultimately... Uh, what what his long-term future is here. But I think me, when they drafted Brian Cook, the idea that, okay, this is a guy that can replace eventually Juan Thornhill. Like, do you need to give that second contract to Juan Thornhill? That's a decision they can make in the offseason. I would lean towards the answer being no, even though I think Juan Thornhill's had a nice season. But I've been impressed with Brian Cook. Like, he got an opportunity yesterday, took advantage of it. That that rookie class, and it, it's weird because the year before, you're looking at Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey part of that rookie class and Nick Bolton, of course. Right. And you're, and you're looking at that and saying, man, oh man, like it, how can you, how can you match that? Um, and now Nick Bolton looks like an elite linebacker suddenly in the NFL. He's like third in the league in tackles, um, but back to back nailing rookie classes. And that's what they're going to have to continue to do to a certain extent. You can't expect it, but if you're going to have the big contracts for Mahomes, and if you're going to potentially have to hand out a big contract to Chris Jones this offseason, and what are they going to do with Juju? And we can go on Legarius Sneed, we can go down the list. Like, you got to be able to draft guys, especially at non premium positions, that you can keep on these four or five year type rookie contracts. And that's just it. Think about right now, as it currently stands, how many starters on offense and defense of those 22 guys, and it's really more than that when you think about cornerbacks and receivers, whatever. How many starters have you gotten from the last two draft classes? Well, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis. Who am I missing? Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco, he is now. Yeah, he's a starter. I I mean, how many of these rookie cornerbacks do we want to count between Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, too? Yeah. Like, we can say, okay, well, they're not starting every single game. It's like eight. But even Sky Moore, well, you're playing every game. You may not be a starter, but the, with the way the Chiefs rotate receivers in and out, you're a vital part of this offense. You get five catches each of the last two weeks. What is that? Okay, if you don't want to call him a starter, he is a regular contributor, right? If we want to expand that definition, the Chiefs have nailed yeah. each now, of these so, last two drafts. You cannot judge draft classes based off how many stars you get. You judge them based off of how many guys can be regular contributors or starters and they have crushed it each of the last two years. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm with everybody that says, hey, you, you would love for them to, at those key premium positions, you know, tackle or wide receiver, you'd love to say, hey, you, you got, you know, pillars of your organization. Sure, I, I would love I, to have I, Trent I, yeah, Williams and TJ Watt. 100%. And there's no doubt. Because that, that honestly, we've reached the point where now, if you're going to be critical at all of the drafting ability of Brett Feach, that's that's the only thing left at this point. Is like, hey, you you want him to draft a star at one of the three most important positions, right? That that's and, and one they're not going to draft because they have that guy already for fifteen years in Patrick Mahomes. So really, we're talking about edge rusher and wide receiver and maybe a, maybe a tackle, okay? And they're drafting at twenty eight to thirty two every single year. We hope that's pretty much where they're going to be. And so that's that's the only like quote unquote knock you can have right now. 
Other than that, like we've seen in back-to-back draft classes, to your point about what they've what they've done, and I know there was even some issue. Cody and I went back and forth after the draft about Nick Bolton being drafted. Like, you know, he didn't like the positional value of the pick, and I understood the argument. But the benefit is, would I rather go spend a bunch of money in free agency on a linebacker or go draft a linebacker in a middle round that turns out to be potentially a, st- a stud and I'm not paying him any money? Because that's how you can afford to go and still be able to, if you're not able to draft the 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 star player at a premium position, and, and maybe you are struggling doing that, how do, you, how do you fix that? Well, you're not spending a ton. I don't want them spending a ton of cap room on a, on a linebacker. I don't want them spending a ton of cap room on a center or, or a right guard. Uh, they're already spending it on the and left what guard. What did they do before, before they had Nick Bolton and Willie Gay? What was happening? You went out and you gave a mid-level deal to a below-average linebacker yeah. in Anthony Hitchens. Now he's gone, and you've got a guy on a rookie deal who's playing like a top-five player at his position. Yeah. That's how drafting a non... Same thing with Creed Humphrey. That's how yes. drafting a non-value position and crushing it can end up working out. Yes. No, that's exactly... And, Someone on the text line says, hey, don't forget about like Noah Gray. His role's increased. He's definitely, snap-wise, it's increased. With no, the way I mean, the Chiefs play three tight end sets. Yeah, I and mean, he's, you know, he's someone that I think we've seen some some improvement, to say the least. I know everybody was, they loved him out of college, and last year, everybody was talking about, like, oh, maybe he was going to have a role, and last year, the role never came, but because Blake Bell's been hurt all year, he's, his snap percentage is, well, you you pulled it up like a week. He's like 70, he's getting, he's getting like 70%. He's getting more than most of the receivers on the yeah, team. Yeah, he's getting like 70, I don't know if it's 70, but he's, he's getting up there. And in it's terms not of just percentage. that he plays a lot. It's that the Chiefs are better than any other team in the NFL when they run those multiple tight end sets. There is I no thought, team more efficient than the Chiefs yeah. when they put those tight ends on the field together. I thought your guy for a second, Jody Fortson, was going to get himself a touchdown for the first time in a couple weeks yesterday. He was, he was out there a little bit more. Had a couple catches, two weeks in a row, two catch, two weeks in a row with two catches. He's got about seventy yards receiving the last two weeks. I thought, sure, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get a touchdown. Can he's, we just talk about? Can we just talk about Jody Fortson, man? He only plays about thirty percent of snaps, but his role has grown since a year ago. He may not be as involved in the red zone, but nobody's as involved in the red zone because Travis Kelsey just gets every touchdown when they get close to the <laughs> end zone. But Jody Fortson's out there. He's contributing. He is. Looks athletic. Oh yeah. Man, is he a free agent after this year? Well, he was this past year. They can. It's the same. Just keep bringing that. Just, <laughs> just keep circling back around number 88, man. Uh, contracts and decisions in the offseason, uh, some are tougher than others. Uh, the one that will be priority number one is Chris Jones. And he gets another sack yesterday. He's in double digits. His agent even tweeted out during the game, oh, nice sack there, $1.25 million incentive. Nice. As if he, as if a guy making, what's he making this year? Uh, tw- 20 something, right? Isn't yeah. It? Well, last year it was high. I think his cap, it was actually higher. I think it was like around 28, but he gets an extra 1.2 mil dropping the bucket, but just one point nice. to that sack had to feel great. Cause you know, he's obviously well aware of it. That sack gets him into double digits. We know his career high is 15 and a half. It's only we're, we're heading into week 13. You know, but preseason started, we were going through projections and what we thought he could get. And I thought I was being optimistic, saying 13 and a half sacks for him this year. By the way, it's 29 million is his cap hit this season. Okay. Yeah. Add, add worth 1. every 2. penny. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He, oh, he's, he is priority number one in the offseason. It's not close. Priority number one. I don't know how you can't give him the contract. And I know, thinking of Brett Veach, we've seen over the age of 28, they're very cautious in handing out money, as they should be. But I look at this defense, which is now sixth in the NFL in sacks. I don't know how you don't bring him back. I don't know how you can't. 
Oh, we, I, I, it, it has to be done. We had, it we has had, uh, to be done. Nate Taylor in last week and asked him about this. And he said, you know, maybe before the season they were entering it saying, okay, let's just sort of see how this plays out. We'd like to As bring him back. I. Yeah. We'd like to bring him back, but let's see how he plays. He said, at this point, it's just a matter of what the number is going to look y- like. Y- you have to. Yeah. I think we all were like, all right, well, you know, see what the decision is. I mean, you know, you have to, maybe you have to trade him in the off season, whatever. He's got a year left on his contract there. Yeah. There is no question. It, it really is like how crazy of a contract are we talking is really where he has to be back next season. He's that good of a player. He's that dominant, even on plays where he's not making. Now, you and I disagree on the whole defensive player of the year stuff. I, Micah Parsons exists, so unfortunately, Micah Parsons is going to win the award. But Chris Jones should absolutely be in that top three or four conversation, and he's 20-1 to 1 to win it. Uh, he's not going to win. Mike, the last time you and I debated this, Micah Parsons wasn't even as big of a favorite as he is in now. In fact, his odds to win it have increased since you and I last talked about it. two sacks each of the last two games. Micah Parsons is going to win the award. Uh, But if Micah Parsons does not exist, Chris Jones should absolutely be the front runner. But unfortunately, that guy does exist. Which is funny because statistically, they're not. There's not two and a half sacks off each other. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys are, you know, the number one, number two defense in football. Which to me would actually work against Parsons because he's got guys like Demarcus Lawrence. I also think he plays for the Cowboys. Hey, Dorrance Armstrong, baby. Yeah, yeah, having yeah, a really yeah, nice season yeah. as well, and yeah, the Cowboys are also on when there's two other games on every single yeah, week, yeah. and the Chiefs well, aren't Parsons necessarily is insane. We no, he's this. great. Yeah. I'm not trying yeah. to like make this into a Micah Parsons isn't that good. I'm yeah. more so seeing that Chris Jones is having as dominant of a season oh, he's, he's, as any defensive player. He's got to be an All Pro this year. Well, statistically, it's not even close yeah. between him and Aaron. Aaron Donald has five sacks. Yeah. It's that's been the one thing that's always held him back. <laughs> It's like, oh, you got to worry. Aaron Donald's taking up these all-pro slots or slot. Yeah, this is uh, this is Chris Jones' all-pro year. There's no question, and that's going to cost you some money. Going to cost you a little bit of money in the offseason. But all-pro, like that's the thing with uh, when you talk about legacies, that that's what players yeah, not, really care about because that's what gets you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, not not the Pro Bowls. Yes, there's incentives for that. I mean, that might get you some extra money in your bank account if you're a player because teams still put that in contracts, Pro Bowls, which – Honestly, it should, it's easier to achieve, but I think it should get to... Uh, How about this from the text line from the 816? Yeah. I'd be interested in the Seahawks or Lions top 10 to 15 pick for Jones. Nah, man. You don't get a player of that caliber. Like, that's not a... This no guy guarantee, is yeah. one of the best defensive players in football. That's the guarantee. Yeah. That You're getting a premium player to premium position. Yeah. I mean, you, there is, you're not even considering moving him, are you? No, not even before the season. I think it was a fair conversation to be had. Like, if this happens, would you be willing to do? No, there, there's no way. This, this, this defense without. Could you even imagine what they'd be like without him? As much as we're excited about these young pieces that are improving on the year, no, he, he is someone you have to bring back. He's been the one consistent force and, week in week out, and the way he, think about all of the games in which he has made of his ten sacks, four and a half of them <laughs> have come. In the fourth quarter of a one-possession game. Like, he makes plays when you absolutely need a stop from the defense. That's something that is situational dominance and consistency that you really only get from one position, and that's the quarterback. And yet he's doing it from a defensive position. That's incredible. This is wild, and I guess it makes sense from from the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Some says that one sack that Chris Jones got yesterday to get him the double digits to get that $1.25 million incentive, that's more money than Bryce Perkins is making this whole year. Think about that. You got sacked. That dude just made more money than you're making all year if you're Bryce Perkins. Now, Bryce Perkins, they told the story multiple times. Great story for that kid. Obviously, cool opportunity for him and all that. But uh, that's that's pretty wild. That that one sack incentive is more than Bryce Perkins making the entire football season. And yet it's still <laughs> like such a, a minute percentage of the amount of money that Chris Jones is mm-hmm. actually making this year. Mm-hmm. 
And the contract year, man. It's not technically a contract Every year. time Nick perfects his notes, he gets a little incentive, too. And it's, 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 such a, it's such a minute percentage of your huge salary. Right, but it's like, right. But you do get an extra I don't boost. think the conversion rate's exactly the same here, but it's. I get your point. Up next, though, we're going to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. The only place you can hear from Coach Reid is right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweet. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.